Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody, Coach Damon Wilson here. And before we get in today's podcast episode, I want to read a quick word from our sponsor, and that is my own Lax Goalie Rat Camp. If you're looking for a lacrosse goalie camp to attend this summer, especially if you live in an area where lacrosse goalie camps and lacrosse goalie coaches are hard to find, I suggest you check out my lacrosse goalie camp. It's over 80 videos of drills, instructions, really a full curriculum that's going to teach you everything you need to know the technical, the physical, and the mental mindsets that you need to be a dominant lacrosse goalie. It's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. My guests on today's show are Mike and Andrew Gavazdin of Goaliesmith. And no disrespect to the previous guests, but I think this might be the best episode yet. Both these guys play D1 lacrosse at the highest level and are now amazing coaches and really know how to connect with kids and teach this game. It's a fantastic episode, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation with the Brothers Goalie Smith. That's Mike and Andrew Gavazdin. Yeah, right. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rap podcast is Mike and Andrew Gavazdin of Goalie Smith. Guys, welcome to the show. What's Thank up? You. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Right now, it, I got to say, if you're not following Goalie Smith on Instagram and you're a goalie, do yourself a favor and get out there and do it. Um, you guys drop a lot of tips on Instagram, and I myself have, uh, have learned quite a bit. So thank you so much for putting out all that great goalie content. Appreciate yeah, th- thanks for following us. That's uh, Andrew is the head of the Instagram. He does a really nice job of it. Yeah, there's tons of great stuff on there. I- I'd love to hear your guys' story a little bit back at the beginning. You know, when when you became a goalie, why you became a goalie, what was it at that at that young age that attracted you to the position? Being in like young elementary school and, and playing baseball and and sitting down in the outfield at my practice and watching a friend's team play lacrosse. And I think my dad saw me do it. And he's like, do you want to just try the other one? Um, and you know, I was just hooked. I was like sitting in the field watching these guys practice. Um, so that was definitely the start. And, and I was two years older or two years before Andrew, um, into playing. So I jumped in, I started playing attack. Um, and, uh, I don't really recall how, but over the course of two years, um, I kind of tried a bunch of different positions. And then I went to a summer camp at Loyola College, uh, the overnight camp. Our whole town basically went um, from Severna Park. And Charlie Toomey, the head coach now, taught me a couple basic things about goalie. And it just like took off. Uh, I really like felt it click. I felt like this was like a spot that I could thrive in. And he let me play um, at the camp. He let me play with an older group and I went in and like tore it up and I'm, you know, my head was like exploding. I was like, this is for me. Um, so 
yeah, I guess two years in after that camp, I jumped right into the goal. Nice. And where'd you guys grow up? Uh, Severna Park. Oh, cool. And how about you, Andrew? What what was uh? Yeah, mine was mine was less of a, a Cinderella story. Mine was uh... <laughs> easy, bro. Uh, no, I'm serious. I mean, I played, uh, I played baseball up until fifth grade and I think my mom had just gotten sick of tired watching me play baseball and she made me promise her that I would try out lacrosse. Um, and, uh, the first year went really well, but I, you know, I kind of reluctantly was like, you know, what? cause I wasn't much of a runner and I'm still not, but, uh, I, uh, I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll give it a try. That was, you know, I knew that the giving it a try meant I was stuck in it. Um, but, uh, I gave it a try. I got put on a, a a pretty, pretty bad team. Um, and then, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I just kind of picked up what I knew from, from watching Mike. I remember my first practice ever, uh, balls were being shot at me and every single ball that was shot at me, I would just swat it to the ground. Like as if that was, that was what goalie was. So, uh, you know, I just kind of, uh, I had fun with it. And then, uh, towards the end of the year in Smyrna park in Maryland, uh, there's this, there was this, I, I believe they restarted it, but there was this big tournament called the big dog tournament, which was like, uh, it was like the Stanley cup for, for little kids, you know, it was, it was the greatest thing ever. And uh, my team uh, was so bad that we didn't even enter it. So everybody on my team got put on different teams and I got put on a, a team with a couple of my buddies that I would, I mean, and a lot of guys that I now actually stay really close with. And it was really a pivotal moment in my career. And um, our team was definitely the, not the best team. There was a couple teams that, you know, had all the dads that picked all the kids and, you know, it was supposed to be random, but they ended up getting all the good kids and, uh, we ended up beating them in the championship of the big dog tournament. And I'm sure that shirt's still somewhere, but it was like this, you know, life changing moment for me that, you know, I got to play goalie and, 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 and uh, they actually moved the goalie that was on the team to the field and let me play goalie the whole time. And it just inspired me to, to keep playing. And then from then on out from fifth grade on, I just stuck with it. That's great. And then you guys both went on to play D one ball, um, Mike at Hopkins and Andrew at Hofstra if I'm right, what, what was, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that experience, maybe starting with Mike? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was incredible. I, I grew up wanting to play there since I was eight years old. Um, so getting to do that was kind of like, um, I was like fulfilling a childhood dream, which was pretty cool. Um, when I was there, I learned more about lacrosse in like a year that I had learned previously. And that wasn't like a, a slight to where I come from. It's just like the division one level. You really like, I guess the biggest change for me and the thing that kind of hooked me in the most was like, it's like a full year round commitment and job. Um, and I, I, was, I had always wanted that as like a young high school kid. And then I got there and it, it was totally intense um, from the fall all the way through playoffs and I think um, that was what really hooked me in and both kind of like surprised me about playing at Division One level. But, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I have some great memories and certainly got to play at some really cool venues. Um, had, a, you know, great coaching staff, a lot of really talented, good teammates. Um, I still have some really good friends from Hopkins um, and still play lacrosse with them, actually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was good. Yeah. What, like, what would you say if you had to pinpoint like one or two things that you really learned? Like you mentioned just learning a ton, um, when you got there, like what, what, what were like maybe the top three? Oh, yeah, for definitely. I think number one would be how to perform consistently. I think mm. when it, when it goes from like, when the sport goes from being a 
three months of the year plus a couple club tournaments in the summer experience, which you have in high school and middle school to a um, competing for a job in September. Um, you need to be able to perform like consistently. And that took me some time. I think I had like weeks my freshman year where I'd be like red hot in practice. And then like another week where like, I just didn't save the ball. Um, and it was probably because of my like approach. I think I needed to find like, um, how to approach this sport I loved as like a more regular thing and not as like my release as opposed to like going to class in high school. And then like, it's across time. Yes. Like three best three hours of the day. Whereas like in college, it's like, no, it's actually gonna take six hours of the day and you need to like, you know, change your approach to it so that, um, you know, that you can be consistent performing. I would say that would be number one. Yeah. The second thing is how to, handle losing um there's a lot more talent at the division one level these days um things were pretty spread out when i was there even so more now but they were getting there um in 2010 um and i think uh being able to be at a program like hopkins that has a big name and gets a lot of attention and lose a game on tv and then get the ship back together and and you know get back out there on monday that was a challenging thing to learn. I think that was a really valuable lesson. Um, and then lastly, um, you know, being professional for me personally, um, you get a lot of immediate attention to Hopkins and I definitely learned a lot about what to say, and what not to say um, so that you can be a person um, who is, whether you're an athlete or you're, you're a person who gets a lot of attention from the media, like how to handle yourself something I worked with coach Petro on early on uh, and continuously had to learn through my career. But um, yeah, I think um, being professional, um, performing consistently and then getting over losses and moving on were the top three things that I learned while I was there. That's great. And the consistency thing is I think something that all goalies struggle with. I mean, I, I, I know myself, like I've gone out and practices and just have days when you're when you're seeing beach balls you know and like you're just so on fire and then you have days where you can't save anything and so you know you really want to work for that level of consistency um mike is that something that that you work through uh as well and and how would you say that like for like a young kid who's maybe not as consistent like what would you say what, what advice would you give to him uh go ahead Andrew. Yeah, I would say, you know, the best advice for goalies that are looking to play consistently uh, is to, to prepare consistently. Um, I think a lot of times we uh, goalies, especially at a young age, don't do a great enough job. And I don't think it's so much on them as much as, uh, you know, they're just young uh, in, in controlling, uh, you know, the controllables, as I always say, control the controllables, as in, you know, getting the same person to warm you up every time. Um, if you're listening to music, keeping it, you know, keeping the genre similar or uh, your preparation up to a game and even to a practice, uh, the drills you do before you even hop into the cage to get your legs, your eyes, your hands warmed up. Um, uh, with Goalie Smith and with our clinics and, and with our private lessons and our group sessions, uh, we always do things consistently so that we can try to get consistent results. And I think that, uh, the preparation aspect is the biggest advice that we could give to uh, to young kids, young goalies, guys and girls who who struggle to play consistently. Um, I think that lacrosse in its nature, the position of goalie is, is a very difficult position. 
for, you know, a save percentage at 55% to be good. That means that almost half the goals are, are going in and, and that's good. That means that it's going to be difficult to achieve consistency by nature. However, uh, controlling what you can control uh, will help, especially with the mental part, uh, being mentally consistent in the games. I think we can all agree and we've all heard that, you know, the cross goalie is 90% mental. That, that, that saying gets thrown around a lot. And it's true because, you know, it, it is, it's not so much a physical thing. You could teach anybody to, to make a save, but teaching somebody how to handle uh, pressure, how to tune out, you know, watching the shooter's body instead of seeing the ball on their stick, uh, teaching somebody to, um, you know, not look in the stands and look at the fans and stay focused on the task at hand and communicate while doing all the above is very difficult. And and I think that comes with, again, the preparation into games and practices and being consistent with that and trying to control as much as you can control. I can distinctly remember, uh, you know, I I didn't bring my backup stick to a game at Princeton one time and <laughs> I, blew out, I blew out the top string on my stick. And, uh, you know, because I didn't bring my, my backup, it was a total accident and a fluke. I, I started freaking out because I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't have the backup and uh, here's my game stick that I've gotten so used to throwing with. And all of a sudden my head was, was scrambled and I wasn't prepared for it. So a uh, great example of what happens when you don't come ready to go. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that consistency in the training too. I think a lot of goalies think that, you know, they don't realize how important each and every practice is, but it's not like, it's not like you have two different speeds, right? Like how you practice is how you're going to play. And so, you know, you've got to bring that same level of, of um, enthusiasm and then, you know, the same like type of preparation so that, you know, you're, you're, you're giving it all in practice and then you're ready for the games. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Great. Um, how would you describe your guys' style of, uh, of, of, of goalie play? I mean, everyone's got kind of a different style in terms of stance and arc and, you know, stepping to the ball. And how would you describe your guys' style? For sure. Um, also, versus I think like I've, what you teach and like how you play, if, if that's different at all. Yeah, we actually, I will say we're very consistent about teaching the way that we play and the way that we played in college. Um, however, like obviously looking at our game objectively and not so biased because it's us, but looking at our game for its strength, strengths and its weaknesses and teaching in a way that highlights our strengths and makes up for whatever our weaknesses were as players. Um, but I would say you can, if, if you watch this play and if you watch us coach, um, we teach really kind of like a half and half goalie style. We teach disciplined, um, athletic stance, driving through the ball, tracking the ball, practicing your fundamentals for any kind of deep shot, any kind of on the run midfielder shot, any step down shot from, um, from deep range. We teach our goalies, um, to practice their movements, practice their steps, tweak their stances, um, all to drive efficiency, to make them more athletic, um, and to just uh, make them more consistent in the way they move. Um, Then again, that's just for deep shots. Inside, uh, on the doorstep is where Andrew and I both really thrived as players. Um, it's, It's an area where you rely on just sheer quickness, um, and your ability to anticipate where the shot's going. And it's just something that we, we both were very, very good at um, from the get-go. Um, I remember that game, Andrew's talking about that big dog championship. I remember being on the sideline, watching him just destroy kids from, you know, right on top of them, turning shots away. 
Um, and that's something I watched him do in his college career and something I know personally um, that I was good at. Um, we teach our goalies inside and we played in a way that's very explosive with body movement, widening up your body, throwing legs out there, throwing arms out there, um, and not so much discipline, not so much reflecting the way you step, but how is it naturally quick? What is the quickest way to get you to that ball if he's right on the doorstep? Because your form doesn't matter when he's right in front of you. It's about doing whatever you can to get a piece of your body on that ball. Um, So, yeah, um, really two schools of thought. Shooters deep, midfielder on the run, disciplined, athletic stance, wide base, loose hands, shooters on top of you. Same stance, but the movement is not forward as much as it is lateral and explosive and, you know, creative. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll jump into, uh, you know, part of the other part of your question was, you know, the difference in the strengths kind of of our two games. Uh, I think as, as Mike said, that we did a lot of, you know, there was definitely a lot of strong facets that were similar between our games. Uh, I think Mike played a very, very uh, fundamental. I think he was the better um, like fundamental athlete. Uh, I think I developed more of a, uh, a body stopping, uh, you know, style of goalie. Cause I, I was a big, uh, not a big, but a, I was a hockey goalie as well. Uh, it was one of my favorite sports to play and, and hockey goalie is obviously all, all body and, and throwing yourself in front of it. And so uh, I think in that sense, uh, we did have two, you know, we, while we had a lot of things similar, a little bit different style, Mike was very fundamental and, and made so many great clean saves and, uh, where we both were similar on the doorstep on the outside shots. I was a little bit more uh, dropping the chest to the ball, getting the head to the ball and, you know, getting any body part on the ball and uh, almost other than the stick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, save is a save. Uh, there's two things that you mentioned there that I want to dig into. I, I think Mike mentioned it. One, one was this concept of loose hands. Could you, could you expand on that a little further? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, this is kind of Andrew's thing. So I'll let him jump in there. Perfect. Yeah, I just feel that, um, you know, I was actually explaining this to, to a couple of my goalies today. Um, if you look at the, uh, you know, a soccer goalie, when a soccer goalie holds their hands out, neither hand is extended. One's not higher than the other. They're right in front of them and they're, they're nice and loose because the objective is for the goalie's hands to be able to go wherever they need to go in the fastest type manner. Um, if you look at a lot of goalie stances, um, you know, you put a stick in their hands and they grip it really tight. They almost grip it like a shield. It's almost, and I don't blame them. I mean, a rubber ball is being chucked at your body and your body's not natural, natural reaction is not, Hey, let's step in front of this thing and keep our hands nice and soft and catch the ball. It's, you know, I'm going to hold whatever I can to block this thing away from me. So if you look at a a lot of times the way goalies hold their stick, it's either their bottom hand or their top hand or, or even both are really tight. And if you watch it in slow motion, a lot of times when they go to make a save, their hands then come back in and then out to make the shot because it's physically, you know, hard for them to, to, to make any kind of extension to the ball. So, you know, what we try to teach and what I really harp on my goalies is forgetting, forgetting about the stick, keeping those hands as loose as possible. If you, if I were to be in a room with you right now, Damon, and and just toss you a ball, you'd catch it without having to think, okay, pull hand up, open hand, catch the ball, pull arm back in. You just naturally do that. I think once you get to the age of like, eight or nine, your, your hands and, and hand-eye coordination, while it can always be improved, it's pretty much set in stone. Whenever something's going to be thrown at you, your reaction is to put your hands out in front of you. 
So what we try to do is get our goalies to hold their sticks as loose as possible, except for at the top of the stick uh, with your top hand. But main, more, than the, more importantly, what I'm discussing here is the, is the arms, keeping those loose, as loose as possible so that you can focus more on stepping and getting your body to the ball. And when you do that, the more you step, the more you drive your head to the ball, the closer and the shorter distance your hands have to move. So it makes it easier, assuming you have nice, loose hands. And more importantly, too, once you do step behind the ball, in case your hands do miss it, your body's there to back it up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I love that. And I I talk quite a bit about, um, like, goalies, when they get nervous, they get tight, you know? And it's like the exact exact opposite of what you just discussed. Like you want to be loose because when Absolutely. you're loose, yeah, when you're loose, like you're 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 able to react to that ball. Uh, and for me, that 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 happens at least for me and and some of the kids that I've coached. Like when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. it's it's funny. You, uh, I it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I was just talking to a kid because you're absolutely right. I was just talking to a kid the other day who was like, hey, he asked me a question. He said, how do you get pumped up for a game? And I said, I don't get pumped up for a game because if I do get pumped up, I get too tight, I get too tense, and I'm not doing what, what I need to do. You know, as a goalie, the most important things, and this is something Mike is, is very good at teaching, is the, two, the, only, the only two things that matter to save a ball are seeing the ball and being set in your stance. Before the shot comes out, those are the only two things that matter for you to make a save. And when you get pumped up or tense or tight or nervous or, or whatever, you know, any other emotion besides focus and calm, uh, it, it just it restricts those two things. And you stop paying attention to the ball. You start paying attention to everything else and you stop getting in your stance. I mean, those are the two things that matter. And and being pumped up and nervous and tight and tense is are, are things that are going to prohibit you from doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, it's something I struggled with in college because. I, um, I would always get really pumped. <laughs> I mean, it was like yeah. Friday night under the lights, like, come on, you know, what, what more motivation do you need for that? Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of pro goalies and, and top level goalies. And a lot of them talk about being like emotionally even, you know, where it's like the highs aren't too high, but the low and the lows aren't too low. Um, and I think that was something that I really struggled with and, and something that when we talk about the mental game, um, I, I try to refrain from at least not having the lows get too low. I, you know, I'm okay with a kid showing a little bit of emotion after like a save and, you know, enjoying that, but at least, you know, trying to, to be somewhat emotionally even. Is that something you guys teach? Yeah. And, and look, I don't want to make it sound like, uh, you know, we come into these games playing Jane. I think that you couldn't find two, two guys that celebrate more in big games and they make big saves between Mike and I. We really like to, <laughs> to, you know, to throw our hands up and, and pump our team up. Uh, but I think what we do is we take that, that pumped up motivation and channel it more towards the focus aspect. Like we get really stoked to play in big games. We both, you know, we both do. We still get butterflies when we play in our men's league games against good teams. But we use that, that energy to, to, to fuel us to want to stay focused and, 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 and make sure that we're doing the, the things that, you know, we still teach our goalies today. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about the mental state of goalie for, for hours. I think there's, there's so much to it. You're trying to bottle up this, this um, like intense performance in a, in a high adrenaline position. You're trying to be able to like repeat it every time you do it. Shots come from different places, sometimes on the doorstep, sometimes they're on the, and that all affects your mental state. Like, let's be honest, like, all three of us have had games where 
the opening shot was a shot from the doorstep that just hit us in the helmet. We didn't like know what was happening or didn't see where it was going. And the crowd went wild and you get hooked. And you're like, all right, I'm in like accidentally. Is that, have you guys ever had that before? I, I got to tell you about, I got to tell you about my very first save ever. So I, I, I don't think I've told this story before on the podcast, but it, uh, I switched from, I started out playing MIDI and played like three fourths of my first year in, at MIDI and switched to goalie. Cause we didn't have a backup goalie. And I'm like two weeks in, two weeks in, like totally scared of the ball still and still learning the fundamentals. And our goalie gets a slashing penalty, right? And so they're like, Damon, you're in. And I'm like, I'm in. They run out there, man down. And they're like, you know, winging it around. First, first guy rips a shot from up top and it just hits me square in the face mask. And our team just goes nuts. And like from then on, I'm like, this is it. This is the position for me. <laughs> it's crazy how it happens. I mean, Basically, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is the ability to get hooked into goalie, whether it's you and it's your first time or whether you're a goalie who's like does it every week and you're looking to have peak performance game in and game out. What gets you hooked is not always the same thing. Sometimes you accidentally make a save. Sometimes you make a crystal clean save to start. Sometimes you dig yourself out of a goal, out of a hole after giving up two goals. I think like the one consensus thing to be to being a uh, consistent performer um, that isn't technical, that's maybe more emotional, like we're talking about, is to go in there and be a fighter. I mean, you, you're fighting the whole game. If you if you go up by three goals and you're hot and you throw in the towel, that's when the goals start to go in. If you're going in, you're like nervous that you don't you're not sure about how you're going to perform. That's when the goals are going to go in. When you go in and you fight. Maybe your technique isn't perfect, but you fight to get set, track the ball, and throw your body into every shot. Like that's when you find consistency. That's what I believe. That's great. Yeah, totally. Me too. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, kind of going back to those, um, to what we first talked about, is is kind of this different style with, for shots under eight yards or, or in, in tight. Call it. Do you have like specific drills that you guys work with that, that you love to um, kind of work on that technique? Yeah, we do. Um, we teach a mnemonic, uh, mnemonic devices for both. Uh, so it's easy to remember. So basically the way we split it is any shot outside of eight yards, your priorities are to get set and see the ball like Andrew was um, alluding to earlier. So if the, shoot, if the shooter's about to make a dodge, you get set. You lock your eyes on the ball and his stick. And as he's dodging, you keep your eyes on the ball all the way through the shot into your save. If the shooter has the ball up top, before he winds up, you get set. And as he winds up, you keep your eyes on the ball and track the ball all the way in. If he's inside, so that's set and see it up top. And if he's inside, it's read him and beat him. So the shooter gets to the doorstep. We're reading the body, specifically the shoulders, that will give away where the shooter is going a half a second before the stick does. And then we're going to beat him to one of the four corners um, that he is going to. So in one of them, we're working on our ability to wait and track the ball. And the other one, we're working on our ability to move early and anticipate the shot. Um, and so we do drills that approach those that school of thought from different directions. Maybe we'll do a drill where we have the goalie say set and see it when they're doing them, and then the shooter takes the shot so the goalie can get used to it. Or sometimes, let's say inside, for example, we have the goalie stand there in a stance 
and, and not in a stance, but standing upright, feet together in the goal, and they're not allowed to make saves. And we have shooters do one-on-ones so they can actually see what the shooter's shoulders are doing and how they give it a, give away the shot. Um, so, we, yeah, we basically just do drills that hammer those principles in different directions. That's awesome. Read them and beat them. I, I love yeah. it. I love it. You guys are so good at those mnemonic devices and, and acronyms um, as well. I mean, you, you use that in other areas of teaching the position, right? All over the position for communication, for um, yeah, basically talk, everything. Talk a little bit about the communication ones that you use because I, I love yeah. those. Uh, Andrew, hop in there. Yeah, so just a quick little like reason why we do it. I think Mike and I have attended every goalie camp clinic tournament. Uh, I mean, you name it, under the sun. And, you know, I think one of the things that separates good coaches from bad coaches, and, and obviously I'm not – can't pinpoint anybody in particular here, just in, in general, uh, is the ability to, to, to get through to kids because that's your audience. And a lot of times, you know, you, you get someone who might be a great player and – and uh, but they sit up and they talk for 20 minutes and you lose the kids immediately. And what Mike and I found was that the mnemonic devices uh, have a much better hit rate uh, with the kids of, of sticking. And, and that's why we did them. Uh, when it comes to communication, uh, we have an acronym. Uh, it's BSC. So it's ball slide command. So basically what we're trying to do is simplify communication so that it's consistent. Again, we, we always come back to consistency. Uh, so ball side command really simply means uh, ball. The B is ball where the ball is, top left, top right, uh, wherever it might be. Slide, uh, obviously where the, the the number one slide and the number two slide are. And the third is command, so commanding the guy on ball. So ball side command is our BSC, is our, our acronym for that. Uh, we also, you know, a, a big point that I just kind of want to sprinkle in here that I always talk about with, with you know, not just goalies, but whenever I'm talking to defenses in general is, uh, I think one of the most uh, the, one of the, the common errors that you see amongst defenses is that they're not actually communicating. They're just they're just talking and saying what they've been ta- told to talk, and it often sounds kind of monotone and and like background noise. You hear the ball top right, ball top left. Who's hot? Who's one? Who's two? And then a mishap uh, will happen, and and everyone will say, "Oh, well, I said something, but did you hear him? Nope. Did you hear him? Nope." So what we always try to tell people is, you know, to make sure that you talk to people and not at them. Uh, make sure that there's communication. Communication means uh, one or more people, you know, talking back and forth. So uh, I think that's that's kind of the the asterisk that we put on BSC. It's not just enough just to to call the ball, to call the two slides, and then to command the guy on on the ball. If none of that is actually getting through and and being uh, being heard by the person that you're trying to communicate to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I talk a lot about with goalie communication using names. Um, I, I think a lot of times people just yell out commands, um, you know, but when you really use those names, it, it, you know, all right, this guy's talking to me. Um, and that helps quite a bit with the communication. Absolutely. Definitely. So I love that BSC. Any other acronyms that, that you guys use that are helpful or is that kind of the main, the main ones we talked uh, about? Or? Yeah, we have one for, especially for the younger kids, uh, when they're working on clearing, um, the younger kids have a lot of trouble getting the ball over the midfield line. It's a far pass. Um, so yeah. we teach them crow hop over the top. So crow hop into your pass, throw over the top. And it, it's something they all remember really quickly. And it just helps them make that pass to midfield that most goalies their ages, you know, struggle to make. Um, that's a good one. Am I missing any, Andrew? That is, while you think about that, that is a good one. I, I get, I get, uh, I get that question a lot. Like I'm having trouble with my outlet passes 
Yeah. Um, and you know what? Throw up over the top, Throw baby. Hop over the top. No wonder. <laughs> uh, Mike came up with that one. And when he said it, I was just like, ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that is good. It is because it's the truth. I mean, the, if a kid's if a, if a kid is throwing bad passes either left or right, it means that they're not thrown over the top. If you throw over the top every single time, if you do miss, it's going to go high or low. Which it depending on how high or low you throw it is is manageable by the by the guy who's receiving it or the girl who's receiving it. If you're throwing from the side, it can go left or right, and they can't get to it without having to dive for it. So uh, that one is one that that is gold. I mean, and and it and it really makes you look at the throwing mechanics uh, and, and your throwing mechanics to make sure that you're doing it. And to be honest with you, I, I used to, to sail it a little bit from the side. And when Mike said that, I, I didn't tell anybody, but I changed it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. So when, when you guys, you guys are doing camps all over the, um, all over the U S and we'll, we'll talk about details of, about those at the end, but but when you're when you're working with these young kids, like what are some common issues that you see time and time again? Stances across the board, number one. Um, Big time. We yeah, I mean right away. I mean at this point now, we can basically look at a goalie in ten shots and give them an entire breakdown on, on what they need to do, and um, it's because we've had to adjust stances for ten years, and it's all about. You know, I think that we find a roadblock with kids who have been taught one way by a coach and like it's worked for them to a point and it's just really uncomfortable no matter who you are to change your stance. It's the one thing you do every day, hundreds of times. And for the coach to even say like tilt your butt up or like move your left hand, it just instantly feels uncomfortable. So we find that there's a roadblock there and we really need to convince kids the science of behind what we're saying so that they just listen to us and give it a try. Um, but basically making stances more athletic and more and giving the kids a bigger range of mobility is across the board the number one thing that we see to correct in each of our clinics. Awesome. Yeah. And there's, like I said at the beginning of the show, your guys' Instagram has a bunch of, you know, don't do this, don't do this, do this type of uh, like, you know, three panel images that are really cool yeah. for demonstrating, you know, where you need your hands in your stance, where, you know, how bent over you should be, how your back should be positioned. So I, I really like those and, and encourage everyone to go check those out. Um, yeah. glad you like that. We got some, we're going to utilize that teaching method a little bit more this, this fall with some like fun, creative ways on Instagram to go over, um, some of the more exciting parts about goalie. But, um, I'm glad you like that. We we both think that um, we took that from other Instagram accounts, non lacrosse related, just the ability to like juxtapose right and wrong. Because sometimes a kid looks at the right thing and he goes, "I'm already doing that," even though he's not. If he sees the wrong thing, he goes, "Some kids are honest about it." They go, "Yeah, I am doing the wrong thing now that I see it." Um, and Andrew, I, I think Andrew, you're like this, but I'm definitely a visual learner. A hundred percent. I, I, I think that you're right. I, the reason we started doing those is not to, to pinpoint, you know, how to do it right. If you could go to any goalie camp in, in across the United States and, and learn how to, how to do things right. And it's really a monkey see monkey do. That's kind of been the forever teaching of goalie. It's been, here's what you do. And, and, and we really look to, 
the same way that you do on, on your website, which is fantastic. I, I love reading your articles and it's so well put together the same way that you, that you do. It's just, we, we really try to explain and, and pinpoint, you know, the, the sticky points for goalies, which are always the things they're doing wrong. A lot of times goalies do things wrong and they, they can't really put it into words, but they know they're doing it. And what we're trying to do is put it into words. So it, it registers, it puts the light bulb, lets it go off in their head. And, uh, and, 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 and again, in clinics, we do that as well, not just on social media, but uh, one question that we always ask is what's, what's your one takeaway from today? And uh, it's cool to go around and hear all these goalies, especially, you know, we get some great goalies in our, in our clinics, some guys who are committed to one, some guys who are already at D1 guys committed and girls committed all over the place. And it's cool to see people be, you know, humble and say, this is what I learned today that I'm doing wrong. And, 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 and here's how I'm going to fix it. So it's not just, you know, pinpointing the wrongs, but also giving them the tools to say, what's right. And we always, always, always try to explain the why we know that as millennials ourselves and, and us teaching other millennials and the next generation as well, everybody needs to understand why. And, and we really, before we make any changes, we always make sure we're like, let's break down the science of it so you can understand before we even tell you what's right or wrong. And then from there, let's go, let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you for the compliment on my site, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, please, uh, keep, please keep coming out with that, with that content. Cause, cause like you said, you know, you could show someone like the right way, but showing those examples of the wrong way is also, I mean, it just helps you learn. I mean, I, I learned one that I was maybe guilty of, or just kind of, let's put it this way, like changed my way of thinking where you had one where it was like the goalie is like too deep in his stance, like too, too much in a squat. And, and like that, and like the, the correct way is kind of more up a little bit more athletic. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I, know exactly. I think you're actually pinpointing the one, the most common thing we see when it comes to stance is that is the, the butt sunk too low where when you do it, and I did this myself as a high school player, but when you do it, you lock your legs in place and you can't physically step to the ball. Um, so you find yourself just throwing a leg out to the side. Whereas if you actually tilt your butt up and back, you're still locked and loaded. You're still ready to pounce, but your legs are, you can move. You can actually step to the ball. Um, that's our most common change. Yeah, man, I could talk about this stuff forever. I love, I love, because, you know, the reason I love it, and I think the reason Mike and I love it so much is not because we were so perfect at it as, you know, high schoolers and college even college players. I look back in my college career and, you know, obviously very proud, but I look back and watch film and, you know, the coach of me now wants to scream and say, Hey, like, dude, <laughs> go back in time and tell this kid, like your knees are going forward. You're tilted it back. You're, you're not stepping and collecting forward. You're kicking your legs out. And, uh, but it's cool that now that we have the ability to, to mentor these kids at a young age and not to say we didn't have phenomenal goalie coaches, mentors and, and idols, but it's just so nice to, you know, and the reason we like, you know, touring the, the country is because it give, gives us the ability to reach out to as many kids as possible. And it seems that the kids that we attract to these clinics are the ones like us that have a dying passion to play goalie. And it's just so fun to be able to, to give back to them and, 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 and affect them at a young age and really teach them the right way. That's great. Yeah. Goalie's addicting. You know, you, you make a couple saves and you get hooked and I love, I love playing. I love, I love coaching and, and, and seeing that transition in kids as well, you know, to like when it clicks, that's just such an awesome feeling. 
Um, the question, question I had, uh, so you have a lot of kids that, you know, attend your camps that presumably might not have dedicated goalie coaches back at home. Mm -hmm. What, What do you, um, do you leave them with any sort of advice on how they can, you know, if you don't have a coach that's monitoring, monitoring your game and can see those, uh, bad habits, it might be more difficult to identify them in the, uh, in yourself. Do, do you give any tips to those guys who don't have like a dedicated goalie coach? Absolutely. Reach out. There's enough resources on the internet now. And I can tell you right now, whenever uh, kids message us on Instagram, and, and I'm sure you do the same because I, I love your posts and, your, and, and the articles that you bring up on your website are, are clearly triggered on, on things that you're hearing and questions you're getting. Uh, you know, I, I, there's obviously nothing better than having somebody in person, but uh, with all the resources that are available nowadays, my one advice is reach out. And um, I love when kids are humble and just, you know, not trying to impress you, but actually trying to get the information from you. So that would be mine. I'm sure Mike's got a, a different route, but that would be, that would be mine. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. It's, it's weird. I, people do reach out to me all the time and it's like, I, I follow their, like we have relationships. It's great. Like I've never met them, you know, but but uh, I'm like involved, like interested in how they're doing this year. Um, and, and the interesting thing too about like our sport and where it's at right now, like the pros and the guys who are at the top of the game are like very reachable. Um, you know, at least, at least I found. Let's let's keep it that way until the cross blows up too big where we're not reachable anymore. Yeah, till we're all millionaires, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Let's talk a little bit about the um, – about the mental game. So I think we touched on that a little bit at the beginning, but what, um, what, how do you guys teach goalies to be mentally tough? Um, I think it depends on the kid. Um, every kid obviously approaches the position a little bit differently and reacts to certain things from your coach. Um, I think Andrew and I are both pretty good about if it's a new clinic um, coming in as approachable and, um, you know, we know what we're doing. Kids pick that up fast. So it's easy to come in to a new town and have them listen. Um, whereas in our own backyards, LA and San Francisco, I think we have a different relationship to make the kids mentally tough, um, which is to kind of challenge them every time we're with them. Andrew and I are, you know, going as hard as possible with these kids, lining them up, with good shooters, shooting ourselves, um, giving them workouts that are stretching their game constantly. So they see us as more of like, um, like a boxing coach is I think the best way to, to uh, make an analogy of, of how we really are on the field with our guys. Um, we train them the same way we would a boxer. We're going over the same things from different angles. Um, but generally speaking, how do you become tougher I think you you find our program and our curriculum and you stick to it. And after a month, you start to see that the results you're getting and the goal, they're all from things that you can control over time in your game. So you don't, we don't find that our goalies freak out as much because they, they have like a program, a curriculum. They have something to do at practice to get through the drill and know that they got better. If it's three on twos, if it's four on threes, whatever it is, they know they're getting better based on this curriculum we gave them. So you don't have those highs and lows as much. You don't have like the days where you go to practice and you feel like you didn't really do anything. We're all, they're always working on something. And I think that probably makes them 
or helps them become mentally consistent. Um, yeah. That's great. A- anything to add there, uh, Andrew? No, I, I think Mike nailed it. Um, I look at Mike as the as the psychologist behind the goalie position. He actually <laughs> taught me a ton and, and was my mentor through college, especially when he graduated. Uh, I leaned heavily on him, um, mainly because I wanted to beat the bags off Hopkins when I was when he was there. But uh, uh, now, but in all seriousness, uh, you know he's a he. I really look up to him and in, in the psychology of the sport, and he does a great job of of uh, you know helping goalies um, you know improve and. And and he's also kind of the father of all the, the mental techniques that we teach, which is, which is, uh, which I think are, are some of the most important. Um, I think that, you know, having a good stance is obviously vital uh, to being a good ball stopper. But uh, when we talk about consistency and, and that's what really, you know, ends up making you recruitable and, and ends up making you either a great goalie or, uh, you know, just a good goalie in college is, is being consistent. And I think Mike is, kind of mastered that in, in, in the coaching aspect. And it's, it's fun to watch him uh, help goalies, you know, get over those mental humps. Yeah. And I, I've asked that question to quite a few goalies and Mike, your answer is, is unique, but great. Like a lot, a lot of goalies have talked about, you know, make sure you're having fun and you're enjoying the sport and, and all that. But, you know, I love that, that uh, boxing uh, trainer analogy where, you know, if you want a goalie to be mentally tough, like train them to be mentally tough. Exactly. Like, yeah. Train them to be a, train them to be a fighter. Uh, go I on. mean, look at it from a logical perspective. We're not playing the same game as everybody else. We're in there having a ball chucked at us at hundred miles an hour. I, I get it that you should have fun with the sport, but I think a goalie's really got to have fun outside of sport, go skateboarding, play the guitar, do something that's video games. That's fun because your job is an adrenaline rush at best. It's not always maybe at a summer clinic. It's like, it's like a walk in the park, but rarely is goalie ever like that. So we shouldn't prepare for it like that. It's an adrenaline rush. It's a position where you maybe see 20 shots a game, or maybe you see four and you need to be on it for those four. Um, And I only, I only know this because I struggle with it as a player. Some days I was too relaxed. Some days I was too intense. And after coaching enough goalies, I've come down to the, the general consensus is that off the field goalie should really relax and have fun and make sure you have something that isn't playing goalie and isn't as tense as intense as that. Um, Andrew and I both like to surf. Um, Andrew bikes. Um, I play music and it allows us to get on the field as a goalie coach and access that intensity we had as players now as coaches. And we, we both really think that it's important that you look at the position like that if you want those kind of results. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, I mentioned you guys are doing camps all over the U.S. Do you want to do you want to talk about that? Um, what they're all about? Where you're going to be? Those type of things. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. Fire. Yeah, um, the camps. Uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, I think eventually we want to get to, to more long-term stuff. And I think during the summer, a lot of kids want to, want to go away for extended periods of time and, and parents want to do it. Uh, but Mike and I realized we did a, we did an overnight camp at San Diego and, uh, last year, was it Mike, right? Yeah. Last, uh, about a, 12, 11 months ago. These days are inching by. I mean, it's, <laughs> awesome. it's really great. Um, cause it's just so much across going on and, 
in such a short and such a short amount of time. But um, we ran an overnight camp in San Diego and we had about 40 goalies there. And it was honestly one of the best moments of our careers, both players and coaches, just being able to, to work with 40 kids that were just so dialed in. I mean, there was no issues off the field. I mean, these kids were just there to, to play goalie. Um, but on the back end for Mike and I, it was just so much work um, organizing and, and getting it together. And, um, you know, much to the dismay of a lot of the goalies that went there last year, we just, we felt that, you know, our mission right now is, you know, we want to get to that, but our mission right now is really just to, to reach out and extend and be a resource to every goalie out there. We, we really feel that we have a knack for not only teaching and, and, and being knowledgeable in the position of goalie, but also connecting with kids. You know, we pride ourselves on the relationships that we've created. I, I think you talked about it earlier and, and, and we share the same sentiment in this, that there's nothing better than even kids that you haven't even met in person, but just connecting with them, making a difference in them and then watching them succeed. It kind of makes you feel like a proud parent. And, you know, I, I as a goalie and especially as a young goalie, you always, you want to be the best and you know, you have friends that are goalies, but you kind of secretly want to see them fail. And, you know, we're, we're at the opposite right now. We want, we want everyone to do well and we want to have a, a part of it. We really want to be the mentors. We don't want to take credit. We don't want to be there to say, you know, this, this kid got first team all state because of us, but we want to say, you know, we had a part in it and we're, we're so excited for the kids and we want to celebrate goalies the same way that we wanted to be celebrated. So this summer we are embarking on a bit of a tour. We've already kind of started here. We've hit uh, Boca Raton in Jacksonville in Florida, which was tremendous. Uh, we just went up and down the West coast. Uh, we did San Diego, LA, San Francisco, uh, we had our biggest turnout yet at San Francisco. We had 50 goalies, which we're very proud about and we're very excited about. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Portland. Mike and I are, are diverting away, not because we're breaking up, um, but we're diverting, <laughs> away from, diverting away from each other to do a couple one-off clinics. Uh, I'm doing one in Portland. He's doing one in Las Vegas. Uh, and then we're meeting back at the end of June and in, in, in the ju- early July to to bang out a bunch of cities. We're still working out a couple of logistics on, on a couple of them, but uh, it looks like we're going to be in Boston, upstate New York, uh, which is a return. Boston's the first time. Long Island, which is a return. Uh, we'll be in Maryland. Uh, we're joining forces with Benny Pugh, who's a, a, a big fan of ours, and we're a big fan of him, uh, to, do a, to do a clinic in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and then we're looking at a couple cities in Central America. We're looking at uh, the state of Ohio. We're looking at uh, Denver, Colorado, and we're looking uh, at Texas as well. Uh, and then in the fall, we're looking to to really branch out and and make sure that we hit cities that are often neglected or cities that uh, there is a good lacrosse contingency, but maybe not a ton of resources. So we really want to use that time not as a big money maker, but as our our way of giving back to the community and, and making sure that we hit every uh, single goalie under the sun that, 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 that demands that we, they want us there. Um, and that's the best part. I love getting uh, messages from kids on Instagram saying, Hey, when are you coming to, to for instance, Boca Raton, there's a, a young female girl who, worked, who reached out like right when we started goalie Smith years, like two a year and a half ago or whenever it was. And so when are you coming to Boca Raton? And at the time I was like, uh, better hold tight because it's probably not coming in soon but um I, I couldn't tell you how excited i was when 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 we looked at florida and said yeah let's do it uh to hit her back up and say guess what we're coming to book redone and you know she was the happiest one there and the last one to leave so uh that's kind of our goal for the summer and the fall is to to visit as many cities as possible it's going to be expensive on our end but we're not we don't care we're 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 excited we're really looking forward to working with um repeat goalies in some cities uh, in other cities like Boston and Richmond and, and the cities that have 
kind of been, unde- been undetermined yet. Uh, we're looking forward to, to forging new relationships and, and teaching a new crop of goalies. And, you know, I don't think we're ever going to stop. Uh, I think that this is kind of our calling. It's our passion. And, and this summer is really kind of our launching point. We've had a lot of success in clinics and camps in the past, but this is the first summer where we're really going full in and, and we're, and we're going to hit as many spots as possible. That's awesome. Congrats on that guys. And, and for people who can't get to a camp, uh, you have like an online um, video, right? That teaches stance and, and positioning and all that stuff. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, that um, I would highly recommend that every goalie listening get the video. It's $40 and it goes over 90% of what we could accomplish with you if we were there with you. It's something you can have. Our goal making this video, before I try to sell it to you, there's a purpose behind the video. The purpose behind the video is that when we go to a town like Las Vegas, where we can't be all the time, or even Maryland, where we can't be all the time, it's so that they can access our curriculum um, and use it and then stay in touch with us through Instagram and emails um, regarding their progress with it. the curriculum is what we've really built all the clinics on. It's the reason we're getting such good results with our keepers. And we were able to work with a film crew that's from our hometown to translate it very clearly onto film. It's not a 20 minute video of us just talking to a camera. There are voiceovers. There are, uh, is animation. There's music in the background. Like it's a very engaging 20 minutes. Um, and we've sent it to coaches, we've sent it to MLL goalies, former NCAA All-Americans, um, college coaches, high school coaches, and everybody's kind of giving us a, a consistent response. It's, it's flattering, but more importantly, it's effective, which is that this is 20 minutes of where modern goalie coaching is. You should get it so that you have access to it the whole year, and if you are you know, a kid in Seattle – um, or even a kid in a big town who doesn't have a goalie coach, you can use this thing to build a ground floor with where you're at. Um, I, I personally am very excited to see um, where this thing goes. I would like to see it become something that, you know, coaches and goalies can use to understand the position. Um, and not because there isn't good goalie coaches out there, because there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And we all need access to this information. So, um, yeah, when we, we do – highly recommend you check the video out. Awesome. I'll, I'll link up to that uh, when this comes out. And that's on the, the goaliesmith.com site. And the Instagram is um, goaliesmith.lacrosse, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. It's been a pleasure uh, to, uh, to chat with you guys. And I hope everyone out there listening uh, learned quite a bit. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. This was great. Yeah, this was awesome, man. It's uh, it's exciting to be able to continue talking and, and sharing with someone like yourself. We've been following you for a long time, and we love yeah. your work. We, I think you inspired us to to make clean, um, visually you know exciting content, and and I commend you and uh, tip our hat off to you for for really being one of the pioneers. Oh, also, a couple of my goalies wanted me to tell you keep doing the uh, safe compilation videos. They absolutely love those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike and Andrew Gavazdin from Goldie Smith. I know I did. 
that was awesome. I learned so much just in that last one hour of chatting with these guys, and, and hopefully you did too. If you like the show, please do me a favor and leave a review in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, Stitcher, Google Play. The review really helps other goalies find this content, and it helps get the tips and everything that Mike and Andrew just said into their ears. I really appreciate it. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.